0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You guys know I love a good cup of coffee, and being Italian, I am always partial to that premium Italian roast coffee that I was supposed to enjoy pre coronavirus as I overlooked the, the rolling Tuscan hills from a villa back in 2020. Even though I wasn't able to do that, I am still able to enjoy that coffee thanks to our friends at Lorenzotti Coffee. That's L O R E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O T T I. Dot coffee, And if you go there and use the promo code FICTION, you'll get 10% off your order. This is premium Italian coffee delivered right to your door. They also have Italian coffee brewing supplies. If you need an espresso machine or something like that, they've got you covered. If you have a coffee business or an office that drinks a lot of coffee, you go there, use my promo code, you get 10% off all of the supplies This is a small business run by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs whose only goal in life is to bring that Italian roast coffee, that taste of Italy, and that feel of a coffee house in Italy, that independent Italian coffee house feel, back across the pond to places in the United States. And boy, do we need them more than ever. So do yourself a favor. Go to Lorenzotti.coffee. Use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And get your mornings started off right with Lorenzotti coffee. Premium Italian roast. It tastes like freedom. You guys are going to love it. I promise. Go to Lorenzotti.coffee. Use promo code FICTION. All right. Let's get on with the show. I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me. which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello, happy New Year everybody. Welcome to 2021 and a brand new episode of your favorite ANCAP podcast, Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everybody had a nice New Year's. Mine was, of course, pretty good. I'm back down in Mexico, not in Puerto Vallarta. I'm in Sayulita right now. A little bit of a different setup. Uh, My living situation is still a little bit in flux, which is why I couldn't get an episode out earlier this week. And then I, um, I just decided to hold off till Thursday because we had all this crazy stuff going on in Georgia and then the electoral vote count and then all of the mayhem that ensued at the Capitol building yesterday. So I guess all things considered, it was kind of good that I didn't do an episode before that because now I have a lot to talk about today. But hopefully the the sound on this will be OK. I'll do my best to clean it up. I'm not in the most ideal uh, setup of a room to be recording anything. And you might hear some noises from outside because I am in a very open aired living compound. I don't even know what you'd call it. But the, basically um, everything's outside. For the most part. I mean, there are some doors on the bedrooms, but they like barely seal anything off. And it's a really nice place to to be. This place is uh, it's fantastic. I'm staying here with a friend of mine, at least for the time being. And we're uh, we're just having a blast. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's a little cold down here in Mexico, actually. And I feel like kind of a puss saying that, but it's been getting down to, like, 50s, mid-40s at night, and I'm just uh, no longer accustomed to that. I don't have the clothes for it. I don't have the, uh, I don't have the, the patience for the cold. It's, uh, it's very nice during the day. You know, it's low 70s, mid-70s, and sunny. It's not quite hot enough for me. I haven't been in the pool. It's been too cold to like really go in the water, which is a little unfortunate. But hopefully this weekend I'll get some free time to take a dip, maybe do some spearfishing or something like that. We'll get right back to it. Just a couple of um, clerical things. I do have a bunch of fun interviews planned for, or, or guests planned for the, the next couple of months. I know I, I've teased some of them, but I think... Within the next week or so, I'm going to have Alan Stevo back on, the guy that wrote the book uh, Face Masks in One Lesson, because we want he wants to talk about Bitcoin, and we've got Bitcoin bumping up against $40,000 a coin last time I checked. It was at 39 and change, and it was still climbing. So we got Bitcoin at all-time highs. I can't think of a better time to have him back on to discuss that. That was something that we talked about. When I had him on the the first time to discuss the book, I don't know. I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but he's a big Bitcoin guy. So we're going to have him on and and have a nice little discussion about that. And then we've got uh, a a few more guests lined up that we haven't scheduled yet. But I think over the next uh, month or two, we're going to sprinkle them in. And then I will be hosting a debate I will be hosting a debate on masks, whether or not they are effective. I believe is is uh, along the lines of what the debate is. I forget what the exact resolution, the the wording is. I don't even know if they've come up with it yet. But that's going to be. Oh no, that's going to be on like the twenty fifth or something. It's going to be a couple a couple weeks from now. They're going to get. Um, they're going to. We're going to give them like a couple weeks to prepare their arguments. And I am going to host that debate, so that'll be fun. I've never hosted a debate before, and I'm going to do my best to remain impartial. It's going to be very difficult for me to keep my thoughts on masks to myself. But um, I, I think I should be able to be pretty professional about it. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, so I think we're shooting for the 23rd for the, the mask debate, and then I'll probably... Uh, That's not going to be a live thing, at least I don't think, so we'll probably release it um, the day or two after that, depending on what our schedule's looking like, and uh, I think that's about it. It's um, 2021 sure does feel a lot like 2020, doesn't it? Uh, Especially from a a COVID perspective, but my my lifestyle as well is a little... um, little less certain, but still pretty fantastic. So my 2021 is just an extension of my 2020, at least the second half of my 2020, which is fantastic. But all these people out there that thought, you know, that for some magical reason, when the clock struck midnight on, on December 31st, that something was going to change as far as COVID is concerned. And I don't know what those people were thinking. I tried to explain to people ad nauseum that nothing is going to change. In fact, it looks like things are going to get even worse. <laughs> I mean, just because we crossed some mag- imaginary arbitrary line in the sand uh, doesn't change any of uh, the the leader's approach to handling this virus. I mean... If anything, it's, gonna, it's just going to get worse. I mean, now they've got this vaccine, right? So you've, you've got the potential of a forced vaccine coming your way. You've got, uh, you know, Biden wants mask mandates. They they want more lockdowns. Now we have mutating strains and a super strain in Africa or something like that. There's never, it's never going to let up until they want it to. They'll always be able to find an excuse, another strain, some other reason why you can't resume life as you used to know it. I mean, guess what? The real problem is the precedent for all of this stuff has been set for them to take over just about every aspect of your life, uh, right down to who you can have over and what you can serve them for dinner. Everything we've allowed them, like I talked about on maybe the last episode I did, we gave them an inch. They took a mile and they're not done taking. They're going to use this for justification for everything. And unfortunately... There will be a large portion of the American people that are cheering on this totalitarian, draconian, lockdown, uh, coronavirus insanity. It really is just unprecedented government intervention into our lives. They're destroying the lives of millions of people in this country and around the world. And in some misplaced sense of virtue, there's people that are cheering this this whole thing on. They, they want more of it. Thank you, Mother. May I have another. There are so many people today that have been conditioned to look toward government to just do something, right? Even if it's the wrong thing, we don't have time to debate that or think about it, maybe talk to some alternative voices to try to get a, a, another perspective on something. No, no, no. Somebody just needs to do something, and that somebody is the government. They are, people are literally begging, begging the government to fuck themselves over even more than they already have. And thinking that looking to the state to do stuff like that and looking to the state to handle everything is, is some sort of like noble thing to do. It, it's a really bizarre mentality that I just, for the life of me, I don't understand. But they seem to get some sense of self-righteousness from it. People who vote for more government, who gladly admit they either want or they need someone else to run their lives, someone else to tell them what to do and when to do it, they wear that. They wear that as like a badge of honor. They're they're proud of themselves for looking to government to manage their lives for them. It really is just uh, unbelievable to me. I, one of the biggest takeaways is from uh, this whole thing is just how bad. Big of a nanny state we we actually have, and how dependent people are on it, and willingly dependent. I mean, they 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 welcome it with with both arms. And any suggestion of a, an alternative to government solutions is met with just the utmost hostility. It's just insane to me. But anyway. Um, the, uh, the year, 2021, got off to a very tumultuous start. So over the last uh, few days, I guess over the weekend, I think it was, there was this phone call between Trump with uh, the, the Secretary of State of Georgia. His name is uh, Brad Raffensperger. <laughs> um, and this was billed as like, yeah, the, the phone call was leaked, apparently, the whole thing. And, of course, the media ran fucking crazy with this. There were all these ridiculous headlines I saw in all the major news outlets about how he was pressuring the the secretary of state to to fabricate up some votes to help him win the state. You know, he needed like eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes to win by one vote or something like that. Like the margin was eleven seven seventy nine. And they're billing this as, like, the the most, uh, like, bigger-than-Watergate scandal kind of thing. And, of course, once I saw those headlines, I immediately was like, okay, this is probably bullshit, uh, probably blown way out of proportion. And so I listened to the thing. The, the other night I, I listened to it, and, man, was there, like, practically nothing there. <laughs> I mean, it was basically just Trump... Talking to this guy outlining all of the things, all of the reasons why he thinks there is there was voter fraud in the the Georgia elections and he's going through a blah blah blah, you know. Uh, You know, we have like 18,000 votes that weren't counted and and this many votes. And even if we use the the lowest, the most conservative estimates, we should have plenty of votes to cover that margin of eleven thousand seven seventy nine. So he's just he's basically telling this guy, he's like, hey, uh, we need to get to the bottom of all this um, of all these allegations. And there should easily be like twelve thousand votes in there. For me to to win this election like we won it by a landslide it's just Trump you know like we won it they, they they're cheating let's like let's fit let's find where uh where all these votes went and you don't even have to find like I have like you know 80,000 votes or whatever the total was of all of his um allegations all the votes that that he thinks either weren't counted or were counted incorrectly or something like that let's say it amounted to 80,000, he's like, listen, we don't have to find all 80,000. We just need 12,000 of these things or 11,780 to win. I mean, there's no difference between winning by 50,000 votes or by two votes. So that's all it was. He didn't ask him to do anything illegal. He wouldn't ask him to, like, you know, fabricate votes out of nowhere. He didn't even pressure him. He was just, like, laying out the case and, and you know, kind of... Uh, I don't know. I guess he made fun of this guy a little bit for like not uh, running a, a clean election or something like that. And then the uh, what's his name? Brad uh, Rappensburger or whatever it is. He was just like, listen, I don't I don't really see any of these um, these allegations you're making. There's no evidence for it. And he just wasn't having any of it. And, that, and that's kind of all there was to it. It didn't seem like nearly that big of a scandal to me. And it was quickly overshadowed by the Georgia uh, Senate runoff, Senate race runoff, which I thought was going to be one of the the, the biggest stories of the week, right? And it was for like half a day. <laughs> um, what happened there was you had uh, two Democrats and two Republicans vying for these two Senate seats and they had the runoff and the, the Democrats won both both seats in the Senate so the Democrats have now taken control of both the House and the Senate and the presidency it is the worst case scenario for the Republicans and probably for the country in in general in the long run but that gives so that that gives the uh, the Democrats uh, it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate and of course since Joe Biden is president you have Kamala Harris that gets to be the tie-breaking vote in the Senate, so they get a slight, very, very slight majority in the Senate, and I think they have five seat, um, a five seat lead in the House. So um, look look out below; they're going to be, you know, going gangbusters. There's there's not a whole lot you can do in terms of um, like crazy legislation where you need. Um, where you only need a simple majority a lot of times you need 60 votes in the senate so that'll be st- stuff like that like climate change stuff i think will be hard for them to get past but th- they'll do all kinds of you know stimulus uh monetary stimulus two thousand dollar checks will be coming out and wh- who knows what else they're they're going to come up with but it is uh going to be pretty much all gas and no breaks for uh for the for the Democrats, at least until the, the midterm elections, because they know that this will probably be short lived. And so they're going to make hay while the sun is shining. But just I mean, the um, I, w- I was reading up on this Senate uh, election in Georgia, and it really is just how it was. Uh, so it was the most expensive uh, Senate race in history um, the the two were this is number one and number two. I forget which one was more expensive than the other, but they both made uh, the, the top two most expensive Senate races in history. The, the amount of money that they spend campaigning is just mind boggling to me. One was like 400 million something and the other one was 300 million. Something. So it was like it was about 700, um, 700 million dollars on two Senate races. I mean, think about that. Think about how much money that is that's just wasted on fucking politicians giving speeches, getting into the, the Senate so that they can make some bullshit legislation, um, not even make it, have the lobbyists write it for them. And then they just uh, make sure they take care of all their buddies, line their pockets and um, yeah, pay, pay off all their uh, uh, political cronies or whatever. Um, and then they then they get to turn around and, and talk about how they want to help the poor, especially the Democratic senators it's like, hey, how about if you stop spending, you know, seven hundred million dollars getting elected? Imagine what seven hundred million dollars could do in the, the private sector for poor people, disenfranchised people, uh, people who can't afford medical bills. I mean, there's got to be any number of charities, private charities, that could do tremendous things with this money. And we're pissing it away to elect some of the most unimpressive people on the face of the earth uh, to, to Senate. For, I mean, and they're going to do this every couple of years now. And that's just two Senate races. I mean, who knows how much money is just squandered on every Senate race, every House race, every political race across the country Every year. It's, oh, it's, it's sickening to think about. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I know people want to get like the money out of politics and everything like that. But as long as, uh, you know, the the balance of the country hangs with whoever controls the Senate, right? Um, as long as government has as much power as we've allowed them to have, where they can control, as I've talked about, just about every aspect of our lives, this is going to be an issue, and the money is going to go there because there's uh, what are they spending now? Seven trillion dollars a year minimum. I mean, that's going to go way up under Biden. I would have gone way up under Trump as well. So as long as you have this big, powerful government that has the ability to lock people down in their houses, control everything you do, force you to take things, spending seven, eight trillion dollars a year, there's going to be people throwing money at them to wield their influence over these uh, corrupt, spineless politicians. Let's take a quick second and thank one of our sponsors for today's show, and that is the Lucky Guy Bakery. Guys, I can't say enough good things about these brownies. I had some over the Christmas holiday with my parents. Everybody loved them. They are handmade with nothing but fresh ingredients they have a a brownie or a, a brownie cookie bar thing for everybody okay there's regular chocolate there's one with nuts they've got a peanut butter bonanza um A blondie, a vegan one, one that's also gluten-free. And to be honest with you, I couldn't even tell the difference between a gluten-free brownie and a regular brownie. If they didn't tell me it was gluten-free, I wouldn't have known the difference. These make great gifts. They make delicious snacks or desserts. you got to go to luckyguybakery.com. Use my promo code PF20. That's P as in peddling, F as in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. They come in great little packages. You get a handwritten note. They're made by hand by a small, small business, liberty minded entrepreneur who's not only a fan of the show, but a hell of a baker. Yeah, sure, you know, it's New Year's resolution time, and everybody's going to pretend like they're not going to eat. Brownies or desserts or chocolates or anything like that for the year. We all know that's going to go out the window in a couple of weeks. Plus, you got Valentine's Day coming up. All right. And I'm sure a lot of you guys listening have a special lady in your life. Well, send her some uh, delicious brownies for Valentine's Day. So get ahead of this one, order them in advance, and you won't have to worry about overpaying for some chocolates or some shit in, in a month or two. So, luckyguybakery.com. Promo code PF, uh, PF20 for 20% off your order. So anyway, the, the Georgia runoff is done. The Democrats have taken control of the House and the Senate and the presidency. It is by far the, the worst case scenario. And I, I guess you could say it's a, a total rebuke of the Donald Trump term. I know he went and campaigned in Georgia just uh, right before they had these uh, election runoffs. Um, as we talked about with the phone call, you know, he's still disputing the Georgia presidential election results. And, uh, you know, I've gone over the the shenanigans that took place there and the things that are, are pretty hard to explain from, uh, um, you know, at least to... Uh, to satisfy a lot of people as to whether or not there was uh, this election was on the level. I would be surprised if Donald Trump actually lost Georgia legitimately but it, it doesn't really matter. They had the phone call uh, right before the the runoff and right before the certifying of all of the electoral votes which was yesterday and despite challenges to a couple of states, Um, And and I talked about how this was going to work beforehand. Um, This was probably a couple uh, weeks ago on the show where I outlined how this was supposed to work in theory and Trump's sort of last ditch effort at getting these um, election results overturned. And that was that on January 6th, they're going to count all uh, and certify all of the electoral college votes for each state. And Mike Pence is the guy that oversees that whole thing. If two, if, uh, two people for, from each state, they don't actually have to be from the state. You just need a senator and somebody from the House to object to the vote count for that state. And then they have to break and debate whether or not they're going to um, certify the election results. And, of course, they did that. The first state they did it for was Arizona. It was like 10 minutes into this whole fiasco. And they break to debate this thing. And there's just no political will among any of the, uh, the the establishment to go against these results. So lo and behold, after deliberation, everything like that, they, they voted to accept every single state that they challenged. I think they only end up challenging two because of all the fucking craziness that, that, that happened that we'll get into. And Mike Pence came out. Either the, the day of or the day before, and said that he didn't have the authority to overturn the uh, election results. And that, that's just not true. He does have the power to do that. Ultimately, even if, I believe, even if they break and they deliberate and they certify the, the results, Pence can still um, override that, is my understanding. So he does have the, the authority to do that. To contest these, uh, the certification of these electoral college votes, he just doesn't have the political stones to do it. And nobody really wanted to. there was only a couple a handful of uh, senators and, and congressmen that actually wanted to, to challenge these things. The rest are just going to go along to get along because that's Washington. And now that these votes have been been certified, Donald Trump has conceded. And he will go along with the peaceful transition of power as planned uh, on January 20th. I know there's a lot of people who were thinking that he was never going to leave office. And, you know, he was putting up a fight, but it was like, it was kind of weird. You know, the more I look at it, the more I think about it. And even on that call, it kind of became pretty clear to me that he wants the appearance. I think he wants the appearance of fighting these election results because he wants... He wants everybody to know that he was the real winner and that he's not a loser and that Joe Biden is the real loser. But I don't think he really actually wants these election results overturned. I don't think he wants a second term. Um, I I, I think, I don't know. Um, I I think he's content with just letting, uh, having everybody think that you know, he was screwed out of this election and that he was, he legitimately won it. And then, so he kind of gets credit for, for winning the election, but then he doesn't have any of the responsibility that goes on after it, where he actually has to be president. I I could be wrong on that, but I, I, it just seems like there was never really a good strategy here. I mean, They kept saying that they were playing like 4D chess and just wait till we get it to the Supreme Court. And they just kept getting, everything was kicked out immediately. Like nobody heard any of their arguments or anything like that. So I'm just starting to get the feeling that he doesn't actually want this term. He's putting up a show of a fight, but it's all bark and no bite. So it just looks like he wants it, right? And he wants to fight it and he's going to be tough and he's going to tweet like crazy about it. And he'll have a rally and and say how he got screwed and how he actually won by thousands and thousands of votes. But that's all he's going to do. And he can tell people that the election was stolen from him and that he's the real winner. And I'm sure he actually believes that. I'm sure he believes that he won this thing in a landslide and he was really screwed out of it. But I also think he's just kind of done. And he can kind of use this as an excuse to get out of a second term sort of win without actually winning in his mind right i mean how else do you explain his approach to this whole thing this whole voter fraud thing all he's really done is tweet and yell at people and have phone calls um and tell tell you you know things are coming every week it's like oh just just wait something big is gonna come and you know, it was wait till it gets to the Supreme Court and then the Supreme Court kicked it out. And then it's like, well, wait till January 6th when they certify the results. We're going to challenge all these states and they challenged them and that didn't do shit. And then wait wait for Mike Pence. He'll be able to overturn this thing. And I told you guys, I told you when we went over this, that Mike Pence was not going to fucking go against the swamp and like historically fucking throw out three or four different states votes because he's a Trump supporter, he's not. He's a he's a swamp creature, and this is this has been plaguing Donald Trump his entire presidency. He claims he wants to drain the swamp, but all he actually does all he actually does is surround himself with swamp creatures who undermine him every step of the way, and then he complains about it. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? And you got Mike Pence as your vice president. Where you got, like, uh, I, I don't know, fucking Jeff Sessions in there. You got fucking uh, Mike Pompeo. It's like, dude, <laughs> this is your fault now. I mean, it, it's one thing when it's, like, uh, leftovers. Uh, you know, people that are um, uh, unelected bureaucrats or leftovers from the Obama administration that are undermining you and leaking things, but... Uh, after four years of you just appointing more and more fucking swamp creatures around you while claiming to drain the swamp, I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I, I don't know what you were expecting to happen here. But the idea that Mike Pence was going to go out on a limb, commit political suicide, send the country into a fucking uproar, riots uh, in the streets everywhere, much bigger riots than what, what took place at the Capitol building, which we'll get into here in a minute... You, you think Mike Pence is the guy to do that? No fucking way, no way. You would need a, like an anarchist in there with some balls, or a libertarian in there, a principled libertarian uh, with with some balls to do that. And I mean, quite honestly, I don't know if anybody's really been fully convinced that uh, Donald Trump lost this election because of voter fraud. Like there has, there's been a lot of signed affidavits and a lot of allegations, but. No um, uh, real—well, we do have that video evidence, which looks suspicious, but, man, there's—they haven't—he hasn't been able to make the case uh, to convince enough people. And um, we kind of saw this coming. Everybody kind of knew, I think, deep down, except uh, the the Trump supporters that were suffering from, like, the the opposite of Trump derangement syndrome— I don't know what you would call that. There should be a term for it where they were just in denial this whole time, holding out hope that somehow this entire Washington apparatus that has been trying to unseat the duly elected Donald Trump for four years, that had a deep state coup, tried to impeach him, uh, spied on his campaign, all of this stuff, right? The Russia collusion stuff. um, The idea that that establishment was going to overturn an election to keep him in power that there would be enough political will within that system within that swamp it was just that was a pipe dream it always was a pipe dream Um, even if you were able to prove that the all of the shenanigans that took place on election night and there was enough voter fraud that screwed donald trump out of this election it wasn't going to matter They were not going to let this slip away. This was the the last opportunity they had to get them out of there, and they were going to take it no matter what. Let's take a quick second and thank our other sponsor for today's show, and that is Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, we all know somebody who needs to get their nicotine fix from time to time. Some of them smoke cigarettes. Some of them chew uh, nicotine gum, some use the patch, some uh, have the uh, tobacco, chewing tobacco, some dip. But I bet you don't know too many people that can get their nicotine fix from a nicotine infused flavored toothpick. And maybe you do maybe somebody's doing it right in front of you now and you just have no idea because how could you know? It just looks like a toothpick. It looks like they're they're chewing on a toothpick, picking their teeth, whatever. But with Zipix Toothpicks, you get that nicotine fix while sucking on a toothpick. It's a brilliant idea. Uh, I'm so excited to have these guys on board as a sponsor. If you go to ZipixToothpicks.com, use promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, you can get a boatload of these flavored toothpicks. They have a, a variety pack with all, I think, six flavors in there and you can figure out what your favorite flavor is and stick to that. It's cheaper than any other over-the-counter alternative, and they're just so convenient. It's it's one of the most convenient alternatives to smoking a cigarette that I can think of you can do it indoors you can do it in front of people who hate smokers right because they're just going to have no idea that you're actually doing it there's there's no uh, inhalation necessary there's no mess that you have with other uh, alternative products it's just a toothpick you pop it in you get your nicotine fix you pop it out you can save it for later if you don't use the whole thing if you just need a little bit of nicotine or, you know, you could do whatever you want to do, wherever you want to do it. It's it's a great, just clean alternative to the other tobacco nicotine products out there. you got to give these things a try if, if you're looking for an alternative to smoking or, or chewing gum or something like that. Go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X. Toothpicks.com. Use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Anyway, I don't know. I, I could be wrong about Donald Trump's motives here. Maybe he is just a, a bumbling buffoon that had no plan of attack for this, that didn't really know how to go about getting his case heard in front of a court, getting his... Um, I, I don't know get, getting through this um, this Washington apparatus in order to overturn these election results. It just didn't seem like he wanted to really. He wanted to you know bluster about it. He wanted to be all blowhardy and, and talk and tweet to anybody that would listen. but that just seems to be the extent of it. And he keeps telling us he's like, oh well, w- just keep waiting. something's coming. He even said this I think on the call. If I remember correctly, where he's like, oh, big things are coming. You, you just wait and see there, there, there's something big coming in the next couple. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? The, the January 20th is two weeks away. What, what could you possibly have up your sleeve that's going to undo everything that's been done to this point? Like uh, all of the states certified their election results. Then the uh, the Electoral College was was certified yesterday. Uh, Your cases have been thrown out left and right in court. And we're supposed to believe that you've got uh, an ace up your sleeve in the next two weeks? I mean, give me a break. You lost the Georgia runoff, too. I mean, you've lost just about everything. This could not have gone worse for you. And we're still supposed to believe that he's got some 4-D chess play up his sleeve over the next couple of weeks, which is just, even if he did, the events of yesterday that, that took place with the storming of the Capitol, would have just ruined any political uh, clout that he had, any political play that he had. That just went out the window when Trump supporters started breaking the windows of the Capitol building. And this is what I want to talk about for the remainder of the show, because it was, I mean, it was a historical moment. It was entertaining, um, and it was very revealing. It It was just everything that you... Uh, you would want to see in a good news story, unfortunately, I think four people died in this in these altercations i don 't know exactly how three of them really died. I think one like guy fell off a, a balcony or something that he was climbing on i don 't under i never got a clear explanation as to what happened to two other people. But I have seen the, the video of the woman who was shot trying to climb through a door. They, they'd broken the glass on a door, and she tried to climb through. And this guy just point blank popped her right in the throat. And uh, it looked like she died just about right there on the spot. There's some pretty graphic video of that floating around. First of all, uh, let, me, let me just say that there are a ton of reasons I, or I could think of to storm a government building that uh, could be very justified. Um, to storm the Capitol building as you did yesterday for Donald Trump to make sure that Donald Trump stays president for a second term is just what I mean, what are you guys thinking? This guy did, Donald Trump was, I mean, as bad of a Republican president as you could probably get from like a conservative Republican perspective I mean what did what did you guys get out of Donald Trump other than like some hilarious tweets some great fucking like funny rally things that he would do he'd beat up on the media which was always fun to watch but as far as a Republican conservative Republican president what did you guys get? Uh, I mean, he's redefined the Republican Party. It's now just like a populist Republican Party. He's made government bigger than it ever was before. I mean, by leaps and bounds, we have, I mean, every term, you know, every government term is uh, the government becomes bigger than it it was the, the year before the term before. That, that's just the nature of government. It's the nature of their budgets. Their their budgets have growth built into them. So even when they talk about cutting government a little bit, they're cutting future growth of government. They're not actually cutting back on the size of government. But under Donald Trump, there was more money spent in four years than any other president has ever spent. Okay, uh, Donald Trump spent as much money as Barack Obama did in in eight years so Barack Obama spent I think eight it was something like eight or nine trillion dollars in eight in two terms as president and Donald Trump will have spent that in four years by the time he leaves office if they don't force him out which is just an idiotic fucking thing for uh th- these Democrats to be pushing for now we'll get into that later but Uh, He will have spent as much as Barack Obama did in half the amount of time. And if you remember, Barack Obama spent more in eight years than every other president before him combined. So from fucking George Washington to George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, all of that spending combined was less than Obama. And it took Obama eight years to do that. Now, Donald Trump, the Republican president with a Republican fucking Senate, did it in four years. <laughs> He's going to do it in four years. So you didn't get a fiscal conservative. You didn't get a reduction in the size of government. You got some reduction in regulation. But you got, I mean, he only vetoed, what was it, like uh, six or six pieces of legislation or maybe it was nine. It was li- like literally the all time low. Uh, in legislation, vetoes for a president. I mean, I think you had to go back. I forget who was talking about this, but uh, it might have been Peter Schiff uh, on one of his podcasts. But he he was, um, I I think, the last president to only use his veto six or nine times. I forget which. I think it's one of those numbers. They're rattling around in my head right now. But uh, the last president to do that was uh, like Warren Harding, and he only served two years. Trump in four years did as many as Warren Harding did in two. So he was not a small government guy. You didn't get conservatism out of him. You didn't get smaller government. You got nothing. You got nothing but a fucking crazy left-wing reactionary movement that's going to push this thing to the nth degree. You're going to see the government on fucking steroids now because... One of the things you did get uh, out of um, Donald Trump was the realization that Republicans are a bunch of spineless phonies. They're all for big government, big government spending, big government programs, as long as it's under the the banner of a Republican president. They're they're, they're perfectly fine spending seven trillion dollars a year blowing huge gaping holes in the deficit, running up huge national debts. I mean, the national debt is going to be $30 trillion <laughs> pretty soon. Um, I mean, this is just it, absolute insanity. And so the, the Republicans have sacrificed all of their principles. They're not going to have a leg to stand on when Joe Biden and company comes in and, and tries to take the, the Donald Trump agenda to its logical conclusion which is, you know, if $600 is good, why not 2000 And let's raise the minimum wage, and let's, you know, uh, get all these uh, government programs off the ground, Green New Deal, things like that. Because they've sacrificed the principle, that the idea that uh, government is there to provide us with things, to do stuff for us. And that's not what uh, Republicans were supposed to be about. But under Donald Trump, uh, you got... Not only did you get the, the biggest, most expensive government the world has ever seen, but you're getting very loose monetary policy. You know, he wanted negative interest rates. Remember when he was uh, a candidate, he was cr- critical of the the Fed for being all political and, and keeping rates low for Obama. And now that they're, like, slightly raising rates under Trump, he he was berating them, talking about how he wanted negative interest rates— um, he's killing the dollar. The dollar is just getting absolutely crushed the last couple of weeks. We've got more government intrusion into our lives than ever before. I mean, the list goes on and on. And this is supposed to be a Republican president. I mean, yeah, sure, he like kind of flip-flopped on the lot. He's like, yeah, we had to lock down for a while, but now we want to open things up. I mean, all of this started. The, 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 most, um, intrusion, the most government intrusion into our lives started with a, a Republican at the reins. Um, that's Donald Trump. Now, maybe slightly less intrusion than you would get in a, in a Joe Biden, but it was still unprecedented uh, historically, the, the level of government involvement in the everyday aspects of our lives thanks to this coronavirus thing. And this is the guy. I mean, this is who you're going to storm the Capitol building for? What? What could you possibly be thinking? Why? I mean, what's four more years of Donald Trump going to get you that that Joe Biden can't accomplish himself? Like, you're not going to get a wall. You're, you're not going to get anything. Um, I get it. I mean, I get it. He's your guy. You like him. You don't like the fact. You feel like he was screwed out of this election. But I mean. Come on, dude. Of all the reasons to storm a building, I mean, basically everything that I just went over, everything that Donald Trump did from, uh, you know, trillion plus deficits to spending eight, seven trillion dollars a year, locking down large portions of the country and the economy for, uh, you know, given periods of time. That could be a reason. That could be perhaps a justifiable reason to storm a government building. But just to, Make just to try to get Donald Trump reelected or something? Like, I don't even know what the plan was here. What, what did you think was gonna happen? You know, you're just gonna go in there and then everyone in Washington gonna be like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just give this one to Donald Trump now because you guys took over the Capitol building. Seriously, I mean, what do you expect to get? I mean, what's the plan here? I mean, what what are you guys thinking? Like, really, wh- what's the end game? You break into the Capitol building unarmed and then what uh besides just taking selfies and rummaging through all their desks and and shit like that i i do hope somebody like uh i don't know took a piss in nancy pelosi's office or something like that uh oh and stole some like classified documents and some hard drives and shit so that we can get to the bottom of some of these uh presidential uh, some of these political scandals And, and i mean i get it right i mean you've been you're fed up You're fed up with government. You've been locked down. Your business is shut down. You've been robbed of trillions and given crumbs in return every nine months. They give you a few hundred bucks. They're telling you that you can't be with your uh, significant others when they're having babies or you can't be with your grandma when she's on her deathbed because of COVID, things like that. There are a million reasons to storm a government building trying to ensure that Trump gets a second term is just right up there with probably some of the dumbest reasons that I could think of. I mean really. Oh my god. And I just to do all that for Donald Trump after he basically destroyed any integrity that the the Republican Party had. I mean, he literally delivered he delivered on none of his promises. You didn't get a wall. You didn't. You weren't winning. Uh, you, weren't, you aren't sick of winning. You didn't stick it to China. He didn't win on trade. We had the largest trade deficits, I think, in history. I mean, this is this is the guy that you're going to bat, that you're risking your lives for, uh, storming a government building. It, it's just Donald. Take the guns first. Worry about due process second. Trump. That's your guy. That's the one you're going to risk getting shot at. Uh, when he would risk nothing, uh, he, he risks nothing for you. I mean, he didn't even really try to fight this as I was talking about. All he did was tweet about it. It, it just seems very, really stupid to me. But I, I do get I do get the sentiment. And I like the fact that uh, people are directing their anger where, where it should belong. Um, there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of um, very revealing tweets and denouncements of of these um, protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them. And what are you going to get out of a second term from Donald Trump? Like, I just talked about all the things he got out of the first term. You want more of that? That's what you want. And plus, he's not even going to have control of the Senate or the House. He's not going to have either. So it would just be a fucking—the next two years, he, he wouldn't be able to get anything done. And then the the midterms, you probably get clobbered again. Anyway, so I, yeah, I guess so. While I I do sympathize with the uh, frustration, and I, I prefer that the riots be in uh, toward government buildings than like what Antifa and Black Lives Matter was doing when they were just destroying random. People's businesses and lives, and, and assaulting just random everyday citizens on the sidewalk and things like that. There is a big difference here between what these uh, Trump supporters were doing and what the Black Lives Matter riots were about. I mean, and, and that this is like one of the revealing things because all over Twitter, there's been some really like just pathetic, hypocritical uh denunciations of of these riots i mean the uh i i saw the libertarian party came out like almost immediately and was denouncing this violence and and talking about how it's like never okay to uh resort to violence or force to get your to get the outcome that you want or something like that and it's just these are the people who would not denounce riots that were destroying cities. People were getting killed every night. Buildings were set on fire. (laughs) Um, Businesses were being destroyed for months, for months, and nobody would come out and and say anything bad about these right all these politicians all these democratic politicians uh even a a lot of these like uh left-leaning libertarians and things they wouldn't denounce any of that violence because you know they didn't want to be seen as as racist or something like that and as soon as a, a bunch of trump supporters vandalize um, and storm storm into the Capitol building, vandalize the government building, they're all up in arms, they're immediately denouncing it with all this like fake outrage. I mean, come on. This is the state we're talking about here. The biggest violators of the non-aggression principle on the face of the earth, uh, particularly in, in the year 2020. I mean, think of all of the things they did to, to to the American people in 2020 that were not only just a violation of their uh, of the Constitution uh, of our constitutional rights, but just morally speaking, the horrible things that they did to people and to equate the what what Black Lives Matter and Antifa did, where they're just rummaging through the streets of towns and cities across America and destroying innocent people's property, innocent people's livelihood, innocent people's lives for months on end. And to have that go, basically, uh, I mean, it's being cheered on by everybody on the left, for sure. Um, And then it's just sort of um, nobody nobody in the mainstream that, that wasn't on the left really had the the guts to to stand up and and say, hey, this is wrong. Like, I I don't care um, how noble your cause is. You don't just get to go around and light people's houses on fire, buildings on fire, steal from them just because you're upset. Let's take a quick second and thank our other sponsor for today's show. And that is Photo IQ. And Ladies and gentlemen, Photo IQ is bringing in the new year by bumping up the discount. If you use my promo code fiction, instead of 10% off, you will get 20% off all Photo IQ photography lessons. Now, this is a photog- online photography course like none of its kind. I've been talking about it for months, so I know you guys are familiar with it, but this guy Gus loves Uh, Liberty and photography so much that he has to he's dying to share this knowledge with you with other liberty minded people. This is a great way to um, expand your human capital things. I always talk about, you know, being able to learn new skills, marketable skills uh, photography. Every, everything we look at now is on a screen, right? You need to be able to take good pictures. Uh, uh, if you're going to have a business, you need to be able to, to learn how to use these programs. And this is a great skill that you could take with you anywhere in the world. You won't have to be tied down to one location. If uh, you're in a city that's locking down with these draconian totalitarian restrictions well you can take your photography skills pick up and leave and go someplace else maybe a place that's more photogenic that that plays better to your skills he feels so strongly about this and wants to deliver these skills to all of these other liberty-minded entrepreneurs out there anybody that's interested in photography that he's, he's decided to double the discount From 10 to 20 percent, if you just go to PhotoIQ.co, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, you'll get 20 percent off. And this is going to be a a very in-depth course in photography. Everything that you could possibly need to learn, he will be with you every step of the way. He'll help you build a portfolio. He'll teach you how to take good pictures, still pictures, uh, landscapes, black and whites, everything that you can think of. This guy has a course for it. And you can take it whenever you want. Once you sign up, it's yours. You don't have to rush through everything and do it in three months or something like that. Now, you can go at your own pace. Uh, He offers a a full money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So go to photoiq.co, use promo code FICTION, get your 20% off, and start investing in yourself in 2021. Invest in some, some marketable skills that you can use anywhere in the world to help de- develop a, a side business of some sort, uh, you you will not be sorry if you invest in yourself. It, it's the best investment you could possibly make. So photoiq.co, promo code fiction. Now, what these Trump supporters did was a little different. I mean, if you can't see the difference between attacking a government institution and attacking random innocent people, I, I don't know what to tell you. And if you're as upset... Or more upset, as many many people seem to be in the mainstream media, uh, in all of politics, and a lot of these uh, you know blue check marks on Twitter. Some pretty big libertarian accounts I see out there. If you are more outraged at these Trump supporters storming the Capitol building and taking selfies in front of Nancy Pelosi's desk than you were. The Black Lives Matter Antifa riots that raged across the country, sometimes across the globe, destroying cities, destroying people's businesses, destroying innocent lives. You need to get the fuck out of here, man. That's ridiculous. Okay, this is nowhere near that level of outrage. Okay, like I said, I don't agree with what these these guys did. Uh, I do think there is a time and a place to storm a government building. Uh, it's just to do it over somebody like Donald Trump or trying to get him trying to get him reelected somehow in, in some bizarre way, um, get this, this election result overturned by occupying the Capitol building or whatever. That, that's just not not the time to do it. I can't help but uh, just marvel at the ridiculous media coverage of this. And the the ridiculous reactions to it. All of these... I mean, notice how quickly these riots get denounced by everybody. Everybody on TV... Uh, all of a sudden, we went from, oh, mostly peaceful protests where people were getting shot and buildings are burning down in the background to, oh, this is a violent coup, a takeover of the government. When you have unarmed fucking idiots just going into a, a, a building that it looked like the police let them in to some some of these areas. They just removed the barricades and let them go in. That's a little suspicious. Um, but... It, so they go in there and they're, they're taking pictures and they're like rummaging through their desks and things like that, uh, breaking some windows. And that's like a violent overthrow of the government that needs to be put down by the military. Um, it, it really is just unbelievable. And notice how quickly all of these pussy politicians come out and denounce all of this violence when they are the targets. Isn't that interesting? They couldn't care a rip about you or your business when we had mobs of thousands of people, 10 times uh, what we had running into the Capitol building and taking pictures of themselves. When they're rolling through the streets, looting businesses, burning things to the ground, killing people, beating people, (laughs) they didn't give a shit. As long as it wasn't their neighborhood, they couldn't care. Uh, They wouldn't come out against it. It, they um, They had to be asked, No, what what had to happen was it had to turn bad for them politically in the polls for them to come out and say, yeah, you know, maybe burning cities to the ground isn't such a a good move after all. But no, no. Once the violence comes to their doorstep, and they're the fucking targets of it, and their offices are in the crosshairs, isn't it amazing how quickly they all come out, Every Republicans, Democrats, in unison, Oh, no, no, no. We can't have this kind of violence. It's cool when you're attacking every other citizen, all of the fucking plebs, all of the the idiots who vote for us and put us into power and look up to us. It's cool if you burn their businesses to the ground, if you smack them upside the head with a two-by-four. That's no problem. Just don't take that shit to the Capitol, building. Don't take it to my house. Don't take it to my doorstep, uh, and we'll we'll be fine. (laughs) I, I, I saw Chuck Schumer was running his mouth he wants the uh these rioters prosecuted to the full extent of the law isn't that interesting imagine that the people that come after him and his uh crony politician buddies they want them prosecuted to the full extent of the wall i wonder if he uh how he felt when um you know all of these uh antifa protesters were destroying cities did he want them protested uh prosecuted to the full extent of the law or or was he like on one of those fucking things where they were posting everybody's bail wasn't kamala harris doing that and all these fucking hollywood actors and shit were posting bail for rioters and looters and arsonists i wonder where chuck schumer was back then really is just unbelievable and, and just to build this as like a violent coup, as the media has, I've, I've seen some of this media coverage, probably not as much because I've been down here in Mexico, but I've been following it pretty closely. And it is just outrageously dishonest. The hyperbole and just the, the lies, you know, being being factual, but not being truthful is on full display. I mean, this was literally just a bunch of unarmed idiots taking selfies on the Senate floor. That's that's hardly a violent uh, takeover of the government that needs to be put down militarily. Um, And remember when there were calls for it to bring in the military or the National Guard to uh, sort of control some of these um, Antifa, Black Lives Matter riots (laughs) And and the outrage that surrounded that? I mean, this is just, this is insane. And then one of the, uh, the the funnier things, if you can find some humor in this, was just like people like live streaming this whole thing, so you can actually like. Uh you could be walking through the, the Capitol building, and people can be watching you do it on TV, and, and like get motivated and come and join you and things like that. It, because we have the internet, you can stream your uh, violent coup takeovers of the government, and you can you can get cheered on and encouraged. You you could cheer on and encourage the protesters in real time. It really like you can tell them to do stuff, like go go take a shit in Chuck Schumer's office or something like that. I really wish they would have gotten a little more creative with it other than just like taking selfies. And I don't know what else they did. Hopefully they stole some, some documents that we could uh, leak to uh, the, the press, the, the press that will actually reveal them um, because, we you know, uh, s- social media will censor it and the mainstream media won't run with it. So uh, if it's leaked, unless it's like leaked information like a Donald Trump phone call or a Donald Trump tax return, they'll be into that. But if it's like leaked classified documents that look bad for the swamp creatures, we won't be getting our eyes on that, even if these uh, these guys did take it. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think it's just so funny that you can document yourself overthrowing a government building. It's just and and these people, I mean, I don't know what these guys are thinking, taking pictures of themselves without masks on. Like you don't think they're going to come after you in a couple weeks and, and just, I don't know, throw you in a cage for a decade or two, make an example out of you. You guys are going to be in a in a world of hurt come uh, uh, once the new administration's in there, and they, they start going after some of you guys retroactively, and they've got your your selfie to fucking prove it. Uh, back in my day, you know, if you stormed a government building, you had to self motivate. You couldn't get people cheering you on from your live stream, and you had to just hope that your buddies were there with you as, as proof. So, so that somebody knew that you were there, and when you told the story, they could back you up on it. <laughs> anyway, there's, um, there are some, uh, conspiracy theories being thrown about as to uh, who was really behind these uh, riots and everything like that. There's been uh, claims that they bust in a bunch of Antifa people. And they've they've identified some Antifa guys within the mix of in some of these pictures and things like that. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But there were certainly a, a shitload of Trump supporters there that were involved in all of this. It is sort of out of character for conservative Republican protesters to to do something violent. But it's also sort of an unprecedented situation, at least from their perspective. They think that their duly elected president was screwed out of an election. And I guess they're they're just fed up. It was like a much younger... um, We do... Like Trump supporters, he has a very uh, young, motivated base. And uh, man... I don't know. It it certainly seemed odd that it was so easy for them to take this building like we knew these protests. These were planned protests. Right. We we knew about them for at least a week in advance that they were going on January 6th. They were going to they were going to protest these these election results. Oh, man, I'm looking out the window right now. There's a gigantic lizard on this tree. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting a little distracted. He is way up there, man. Anyway, um, how easy it was for some unarmed kids to just overtake uh, all the security. Like, why wasn't there more security there? This is, a, this is a protest. It was a planned protest. This is a Capitol building. <laughs> like, imagine if these guys really did want to do what the media is accusing them of doing, which is violently overthrow the government and take control of the Capitol building. I mean, imagine if they wanted to do that. It wouldn't be very hard. I mean, if they can do it unarmed, imagine if all of these MAGA guys brought their guns with them. Then you'd really have a a violent overthrow of a a violent coup. It it just seemed way too easy from my perspective. I have seen videos of police opening up barricades and letting them kind of go wild. I don't know. It's certainly... um, you know, if, if Donald Trump has been doing everything that they're accusing him of doing, which, which is to say that, you know, he's been inciting these riots, he's been calling for them to, to violently um, express themselves or whatever, to, to go and really t- take it to Washington to help him uh, make his case for overturning these election results or whatever. I mean, if that was true. And they knew these protests were planned. Why didn't they have more security there to sort of put this down before it got to where it got? It, there, there might be a little something there as to um, maybe they wanted this to happen because, man, uh, going back to my earlier point about how like what what the plan was here for all of these Trump supporters, th- this only hurts your cause now. Um, you, you you've basically played right into the Democrat the corporate press's hand where they can vilify you as violent white supremacists willing to attack a government a sacred government building right because this is the religion of the state this is like sacred, As sacred as an ancient Indian burial ground. You're not allowed to set foot on the Senate floor or anything like that. That's where, like, Jesus walks on water. And look what you did. Look at these violent extremists. They're out of control. They want to, you know, they're not for law and order. They'll come and attack you. They'll storm buildings. And this only serves to hurt their cause and help them make the case that you guys are a bunch of fucking crazy people. A bunch of deplorables. And any political clout that Donald Trump may have had would have gone right out the window with it. Because the the timing of this was also sort of convenient as well. Because it was right when things started getting out of hand, right after they broke for the first challenge to Arizona's voting. So all of this craziness goes on. They have to evacuate the, the Senate floor or whatever. And all of this deliberation is put on hold. Not that I thought anything was ever going to come from these challenges, but the the timing is interesting. And then they have quotes from senators like Kelly uh, Loeffler, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's like, "When I arrived in Washington this morning, I fully intended to object to the certification of electoral votes." Who was supposed to? And she was supposed to take lead on objecting to the results from Georgia. Uh, however, the events that have transpired today have forced me to reconsider. I cannot in good conscience object to the certification of these electors. By the end of the proceedings, both the House and Senate have rejected challenges to results in Arizona and Pennsylvania, while no senators signed on to challenges in Georgia and any other states. So um, the, maybe they're using this as, an, as a convenient excuse as to not challenge these results or anything like that, but man, they, they just once they saw the you know the politicians' biggest nightmare, which is when the when the peasants finally get fed up and they start coming after the politicians instead of going after each other. That's when they were like, "Yep, yeah, fuck this. Certify these results. We're not challenging anything else. Let's just do this and get out of here and get get away from these people that want to kill us." So really, they got nothing out of this. I, except that that one poor girl got fucking killed, and three other people died. Um, they've lost all you know credibility, whatever credibility they had with the media. Not that there was there was much there to begin with, but now they'll be forever branded as violent extremists, white supremacists that are going to violently overthrow the government or something like that. Not that they were—I mean, they were always kind of billed as that. So I guess they might as well. Uh, get some good selfies out of it. So I don't know. But they really didn't do themselves any favors here. This was not the, the hill to die on. Um, like I said, there's a million reasons to storm a government building. Uh, this just w- was one of the dumbest ones. And, of course, Joe Biden came out immediately and denounced it and wanted Trump to denounce it. And what did he say? It was like it bordered on sedition and he called on the mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to go forward and i mean come on dude does anybody believe that they, that people care about democracy at this point if they were really interested in democracy they would have allowed all of this all of these investigations into voter fraud to go into uh to to go forward they wouldn't have had him tossed out of the courts they wouldn't have been had this big media push to say there's nothing to see here. They wouldn't be censoring it on social media, all of this stuff. But no, no, they, they care about democracy so much. They, don't, they would have allowed uh, the debates to take place. They would have uh, you know heard these things and, and given them serious consideration on the Senate floor or the House floor or something like that. But of course, just like with anything else, once somebody gets the result they want— They couldn't care less if that result came from legitimate democracy or some other nefarious means. As long as they get their outcome, democracy doesn't mean shit. But they'll still pay lip service to it. And man, it's just, hearing the word democracy now, it just, every time I hear it, I get, oh, just, I die a little inside. (laughs) And I also just get very frustrated because nobody believes in democracy, it is the biggest farce known to man. And one of the inherent flaws in democracy that I've been talking about, I've talked about before on this show, is that in addition to all the other problems with it, just for it to work, you have to have the, you have to rely on the majority of people to respect the rights of the minority, even though they dominate them politically, even though they can ram through their ideology, uh, their political ideology, their way of life, they can force it on the minority and violate their, their rights and their way of life. You have to rely on the majority to not take advantage of that, to respect the, the minority in every sense of the word. And then you have to, to also, in order for democracy to work, the minority has to sit back and take whatever the majority shoves at them for the next four years or two years or however long it may be until they get a chance to vote to try to become uh, the, the powerful uh, group again. So not only do you have to have the the minority, uh, the majority, respect and not force their way of life, their um, ideas on the minority, but if they do force them, you have to have the minority just, Uh, sit back and take it right and we're we're starting to see how unworkable this is right now before like yesterday was a great example of how people do not want to fucking sit back and take this anymore they don't want to be ruled by the other half of the country they are diametrically opposed on just about every issue this is um this is A perfect example of how democracy doesn't work and how nobody really cares about it it's all about power it's all about forcing your will on the uh the rest of the the people and whether you get that the ability to do that through a democracy or some other means doesn't really matter once you get it's all just about getting the power and once you have it it doesn't matter how you got it boy do they have the power now uh that the uh thanks to the georgia runoffs And this um, historic election. The Democrats are now in charge of the presidency, the House, and the Senate. And Republicans, if they had any fucking backbone, it usually comes out when they they don't have the presidency. But they're going to be powerless to stop a lot of this stuff, a lot of the agenda that Joe Biden wants to get through. So um, look look out for some uh, spending increases and tax increases. It's going to be a very interesting year. 2021, uh, it it doesn't seem to be much different from 2020 from my perspective. I don't know why anybody thought that just having this ball drop in New York City at midnight was going to change anything. It won't. The only way you're going to get change is if you start rolling back this government a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. (laughs) Now, uh, the way to do that may or may not be to storm Capitol building. But if you do, if you are planning on some sort of um, act of aggression against the government. Have a reason other than Donald Trump, orange man, uh, we want him to be president. Have a legitimate beef with government before you start risking your lives and um, the lives of other people. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap there for today, guys. I think next week I'll, have, uh, I'll do that uh, Bitcoin interview at some point. And uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. If you want to become a supporting listener of the show, you can do that by going to pedalingfictionpodcast.com. I'm working on getting fully situated down here in mexico so hopefully i'll be able to get on a more regular schedule pretty soon i do apologize for missing the last episode and i know i still owe um a bonus something or other for all of you guys that helped helped out with the whole uh kiara donation so that's something to to look forward to in 2021 as well and oh for so I did do the, um, the technical analysis webinar last week. A lot of the people that, that signed up for it weren't able to make it or didn't show up for some reason. I do have the recording of that. I'm not sure how I can get it out to people. I'm still working on that because the file is too large. I can't email it to you. Um, I could just post it on the YouTube channel. I don't know if I want to do that, though. So I'm trying to figure out a way of getting it directly to people, uh, the people that want it, and I'm not having a lot of success with that. So if anybody has any ideas on how I can do that, short of like signing up for some platform or something and and paying to do it, I would prefer not to do that. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. And um, hit me up on on Twitter or something if you know how I can do do, uh, some of this stuff, because as you guys know, I am uh, technologically illiterate. Yeah, that's, that's it for today, guys. Have a nice weekend. Have some fun. Don't storm any government buildings unless it's absolutely necessary. And if you guys can uh, do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.